0: 19. Acts chapter 19. Verse 1. While Apollos was in Corinth, let me pause there. Who was Apollos? How do we come to be acquainted with Apollos? Apollos was preaching, but what was he preaching? John's baptism. Uh, who were the couple that brought him to greater truth? Priscilla and Aquila, thank God for people who are not afraid to speak out and say, I want to tell you more about Jesus Christ, amen. This man, Apollos, was in Corinth. Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin, But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon, say as soon, as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men. And all can you say, praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. God bless you, you're seated. <clears throat> Amen. Before I go to the word, I have to divert and talk about an experience that I had in Fort Wayne, Indiana this past week. It was a business trip, but I thank the Lord that uh, our senior leadership and the small company that I work for have some principles, have some values. And um, they arranged for Monday morning, bright and early, we had to be there at 6 in the morning, to serve at the Fort Wayne equivalent of Haven for Hope. <clears throat> they have built a marvelous complex there in Fort Wayne, right downtown, about a $25 million building complex with um, rooms. They they, they serve what they call residents. People have want to change their lives, and they uh, enroll in a program. It could be nine months, 12 months, 18 months, however long it takes for people to get their uh, lives turned around. They teach them life skills. They teach them Christian values. They teach them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, they, they help them get their lives in order and uh, try to break that cycle of um, homelessness and of drug addiction and abuse. Uh, my heart Inside of me because again, they're treating symptoms in many cases. When I know the one who can change you, just like that, amen. Praise God! But it was good to see the, the ministry that they're doing there. And uh, our leadership team volunteered to serve breakfast that day. And uh, they serve the residents first, and then they open the doors to anyone who needs to come in. They're hungry, um, and we saw people of all walks of life hungry. Uh, coming in for a, a warm breakfast, uh, nothing fancy but uh, sausage and eggs and oatmeal and bread and fruit and coffee and whatever else, right? So, um, But it, it touched my heart as we were standing there. We heard a commotion. Um, a woman came through the back doors and it was a long ways off. We could hear it though. She, the staff told us she started fighting with the staff at the front door and picked fights with people all the way down the line as she pushed her way through, came into the serving hall and crashed the serving line, came up to where we were serving, uh, shouting profanities, shoving people, um, clearly under the influence of something probably mentally ill and who knows what other spiritual influences may have been driving that abusive, violent behavior, but it struck my it touched my heart so deeply as she grabbed a plate of food off of the serving line she's using profanity she said you can call the authorities if you want to but i am starving and she grabbed food with her bare hands hot eggs and just began to to eat the food she was desperate for food here's my cup lord I lifted up, Lord, come and quench the thirsting of my soul. And I was reminded of just how blessed we are because so few times do we come to God today with that kind of desperate hunger or thirst that I saw in that woman's life in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Quick experiment. I need a volunteer, who can help me Come on, help me out. Easy, it's not hard. I have a volunteer. Thank you, Brother Appling. You're your eye book. Ah, let's see. Whatever, do you read it, whatever? Pardon me? Ever eat a Whataburger? Yes. Okay. Do y'all like Whataburger? Anyone like Whataburger? <laughs> Without thinking about it, just right now, mm-hmm. as I turn the switch, okay. I want you to complain about the burger you just got. I didn't ask for onions on this, man. What are you giving me onions for? <laughs> I mean, didn't I say I didn't want onions? Did I say that? Why are you giving me onions on this? whatever I don't want it. I want it. Take it back. I want another one done. Does Brother Appling sound very convincing? (laughs) I Mm -hmm. ordered a Whataburger with no onion. Now we're getting there. (laughs) (laughs) Take it back. I want them. I paid for it. I gave you my money. I want what I want. Getting better? Yeah, yeah. You and I have both read about the people who don't stop with just words. They leap over the counter and start fighting with a crew over a complaint. You know why Brother Appling didn't sound too uh, convincing right at the start? Because he wasn't feeling it. I just asked him without thinking, flip a switch and complain. You and I know if you've ever raised a kid, a child, you know when kids are truly complaining and when they're just, right? Anyone ever been a manager at work? Brother Battle, can you tell when somebody is really upset or when they're just mouthing off? How can you tell the difference? Thank you, sir. Give me an example. Come on. Help me up Quickly, quickly, quickly. Come on. Let me call. You're my employee. Sorry. You're my employee. Okay. Right. Be upset. Okay. <laughs> Didn't already tell you five or six times already that I already completed the job? Nobody has paid me. Everybody keeps telling me I'm doing my notes wrong. I'm going to speak to the manager if you don't get this done right away. And I'm also going to leave this company. (laughs) Thumbs up, thumbs down. I see a thumbs up back there. Feeling a little bit. I mean, still, like, uh, I see where the rate, like, okay, maybe, maybe. When you put the real scenario, okay, yeah, give me, give me a real scenario. On. Give me a real gone. scenario. Come on. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. And again, when we... <laughs> when I ask you to flip a switch and turn it on, you've got to figure, think about it, right? So you know what's, what's happening here, guys? The complaint about Whataburger. The complaint about whatever is going on here. I'm not figuring out yet, but uh, it's coming from here, right? So I ask you to think about a scenario, put you on the spot. Now, second part, started to come from here down to here a little bit, right? Complaint to me out of here, employee. Complaint out of here. <laughs> yes, I'll go from there. So I can actually get into a scenario that we just had, that Rosie had to get into, so there you go. the parent has said, it's been five or six months since I got my paycheck, and every time I have to call you guys, everybody's giving me the runaround. This person says I'm not doing my notes correctly, this one says I'm doing it correctly, so what I need to do is I need to speak to Tyrone's manager, and if he doesn't get things done right now, I am going to call the state, and I will be leaving your company. Okay. Feeling a little more now? Did you see something, a comment? Tell me, an, what, how did you know that Brother Appling ratcheted up the second time? What happened to the voice? Didn't come from here, it came from here. You came right out of the gate. So yeah. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Good job. Why am I talking about complaining? Because when when we turn on a behavior, we can tell when it's manufactured. Actors and actresses are paid millions of dollars to convince you that they're feeling something. Most actors and actresses, and there are some that are famous for ad living. Most actors and actresses spend hours, days, weeks, months, and years perfecting the act to be able to convince you that they're somebody they're not. And yet, all they're doing is play acting. But the actors that are truly successful, actors and actresses that are truly successful, are those that can immerse themselves into their roles to where they, in their minds, are living that experience. It's different when it comes from here than when it comes from here. And God reminded me of that, and I'm not in no way growling at anyone because we're human beings. I am right in the front and center of this. When we walk into church and turn on worship, guess where it comes from? And guess how convincing it is. Just like that first complaint about no onions, yeah, whatever. Until you suddenly you felt a surge of energy and you felt the voice deepen and the volume increase and suddenly it became a lot more compelling. Because now, Brother Affleck wasn't talking out of here. He got into the mode and he started coming out of here. And Brother uh, Tyrone came right out of the gate with that deeper voice and he got even a little more vehement, right? So when we start feeling what we're talking about, then it changes entirely how the worship service feels. Amen. And we felt that this morning. We had a little bit of a slow start, didn't we? Yeah, little, 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 slow start, little, oh, we're all tired, little Presbyterian, yeah. But did you notice about halfway through, all of a sudden, you started feeling that kind of surge of, oh, now we're getting into it, hallelujah, amen. There's something that happens when our minds stop worshiping and our hearts start worshiping, amen. And oh, what a beautiful feeling it is. And I was thinking, I don't know how many times I've sung that song, here's my cup, Lord, I lift it up Lord and I just sing the words of the song but then when I saw that poor woman in Fort Wayne Indiana miserable life that she was living I put all of that aside as I focused on her true unapologetic hunger she didn't care if she got arrested and she did get arrested but it didn't matter to her if she got arrested. It didn't matter if she made other people angry. It didn't matter. Oh, you say a selfish behavior. Yes, but you know what? If you're hungry, you're going to come and you're going to say, God, I need that touch for me hallelujah praise god that's how i want to be i want god to remind me that when i walk into church i want there to be a hunger and a thirst blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled hallelujah i want to be filled with the grace and glory of god today can you say amen to that praise god anyone say amen from the heart amen amen Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, object lesson. Object lesson aside, let's go back to the Word, shall we? <laughs> Amen. Acts 19, we read it, we know the story, and as powerful as that message is, I'm actually not going to preach those first six, message, or six verses there, out of, uh, or seven verses out of Acts 19, but it sets the stage for... Uh, boy, I was reading Acts 19, couldn't stop reading, went into Acts 20. It's a compelling when you start thinking and, and seeing what God was doing through the ministry of Paul. But I think if there's one thing that stands out overall, uh, that, that kind of reaches through these examples that God caused Luke to write here to record, um, is the fact that it matters how we do things. It matters that we do things the way God wants us to do things. We live in an age where norms have been thrown out of the windows. When I was growing up, only a very, very few people ever got to work from home. You can't hardly work from home at Burger King. Constant, just like the bull duh, you can't do it. Yeah, well, that was the well duh. Everyone works at the office. How many people work at the office anymore? Not a whole lot. In fact, General Motors just tried to bring everyone back into the offices and they had a wholesale revolt. That's all we're sorry, sorry, we'll, we'll rethink this. Norns have been thrown out of the windows. We live in a different world than just, just the Just count the pandemic that has changed the way we do business, the way we think about things. Um, But not just that. We live in an age that is defying uh, gender, defying God's creation, man and woman. They say we can be anything we want to be on whatever whim. I don't care what God says. I want to do it my way. Uh, We're talking about uh, just everything turned on its head upside down challenging everything, pushing everything away, and doing it our own way. Frank Sinatra, famous song, I did it my way. Well, guess what? He's going to stand before God one day very soon and figure out whose way it's supposed to be. Amen. Do you remember what they called Christianity in the, the, this book of Acts? There was a term that they used right here in this chapter, if you haven't read it in a while. The way. They referred to it as the way. Now, they were first called Christians where? Antioch, right? So there were labels that were being evolved and defined and applied to the church to, to identify these, these people who were following Jesus Christ now. Um, but as a general conversation thing, uh, instead of calling it, I say, you know, we, we, we go to church. Or church churchgoers, they referred to it as the way and i like that jesus said i am the way and the truth and the life the way speaks of a direction the way speaks of a defined path the way speaks of we're going from here to somewhere. I hope you understand friend church is a defined direction. Church is a path that we follow. There are guidelines that God has given us how to walk in the way straight as the or <laughs> straight as the road narrows, the gate that leads to eternal life. There is a way that we have to walk, and it's God's plan and God's uh, rules that tell us how we walk on this path. We need to think of church as more than just showing up on a Sunday morning, and maybe God help us on a Wednesday night. What a miracle. Praise the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. Can I pause for a moment? My soul is troubled, sincerely. How many church people were in church Wednesday night? I'm seriously considering turning that camera off. Except for those who are truly homebound. Because we need to be in church. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. Amen. The way! the way matters we need to commit to the way we need to do it the way god said to do it so many things you can tie into that that phrase the way so um, when apollos was in corinth paul traveled to the interior region till he reached ephesus on the coast where he found several believers do you think that those 12 men were not truly believers? Do you have any indication that they were imposters? Do you have any indication that they were not sincere? No. They were identified by the Word of God as being believers. What, what does it mean to be a believer, Sister Marie? Of anything. Pardon? What does it mean to be a believer, beyond just belief, and beyond just this God? It just in the sense of being a true believer. We hear that term, right, Brother Finger? Are you a believer in healthy diets? Has anyone heard Brother Finger talk about healthy eating? Come on, who's heard Brother Finger talk about healthy eating? I've heard about it. You've heard about it. Here's some amens. He's not pushy. But you get him talking about diet and food. This man has a passion for eating a certain way. A believer, you become convinced in your mind about the benefit or the value or the truth of something. And it changes the way you interact with people when that subject comes up. So when you're a true believer, you're convinced about something, it begins to change your, your conversation. It begins to change your behaviors. These men were believers. The Scripture calls them believers. They heard John's message and they believed john's message let me roll it back a little bit when john baptist was preaching when he was still alive when he still had his head on his shoulders how did he know that people were actually believers come on wake up tell me pardon me well they were baptized yes but a lot came to baptize us did he baptize everybody You're a few, amen. Praise God. Come on, wake up, wake up. Did John Baptist baptize everybody that came saying, baptize me? No, he didn't. He said, who, who came one day? Yeah, the religious leaders. We're spiritual. we got it all going for us. But all these other people are getting baptized and we don't want to be left out. So, hey, John, baptize us. What did John tell them? Just just go away. Just go back home. He said, when you come and show me fruits of repentance, then I'll baptize you. Because anyone can say, I'm a believer. But John's message was all about repentance. It was all about preparing the way of messiah you don't hear you don't see it is not recorded in the scripture that john baptist ever preached about coming to church he didn't preach about reading your bible he didn't preach about paying your tithes he didn't preach about living a holy life he didn't preach about all of the things that we find in the other books of the scripture he preached jesus christ is coming and you've got to prepare your heart for his coming that was his ministry he was sent to prepare the way of messiah and he did it marvelously well, my friend. Jesus gave him the, the one of the highest compliments anyone could receive. He, he Jesus referenced John Baptist. He said, "There is no greater prophet ever than John Baptist." This man came with a mission, and he did it superbly well. He declared the coming of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and he prepared. The way for his coming. How did he prepare the way for Jesus Christ? Say that louder. He said, repent. He said, change your heart. Change your mind. Get out of your self-centered, selfish, sinful way of living and start to accept the fact that there is coming one that is greater than I. He said, I am not worthy to even bend down and untie his shoelaces. You've got to listen to the one that's coming after me. He said, it's necessary that I decrease, but that he increases trees. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Think about it, people. Be ready for his coming. He's coming to us. That was his job. That was his entire ministry. And he did it so well. It was amazing how well. Tens of thousands of people turned out to hear him. And to be baptized as a sign that they truly believed. The message that John Baptist was preaching. But the moment Jesus came on the scene, that message was no longer enough. The message of John Baptist had a shelf life. Brother Reed, you ever check? When you buy a loaf of bread, you ever check the expiration date? What are we worried about? Sister Virginia, ever check the expiration dates? Stroh's ever found one on the shelf that's past the date? Yeah. You go and buy that or do you want to talk to the manager? Expiration date means that it's past its usable life. John Baptist's ministry had a shelf life. When that shelf life was done it's when Jesus Christ came on the scene with the true meaning for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. What a tremendous gift of God to us, this world. Hallelujah. So the message of John, as valuable as it was, had a shelf life. When Jesus came, John said, dial me down while you turn him up. Quit listening to me. Listen to him. Follow him. So when Paul comes to Ephesus, he finds about 12 men who were Disciples of John. It doesn't mean that their belief was not valid. Doesn't mean that these people were not sincere with God. They didn't know that John's loaf of bread had an expiration date. They didn't realize that there was a shelf life. They thought this was still good. And all they needed to be right with God. Paul comes and says, hey, how are you? It's good to see you. I hear you're a believer. God bless you. Oh, it's so good to meet other believers. Praise God. This is exciting. I didn't know there were people who actually believed uh, uh, in God here in this town. This is a town of idolatry. This is a town of uh, paganism. Uh, Oh, it's great to find people who believe. Praise God. And then he says, by the way, have you received the Holy Ghost, man? What was their answer? Huh? What are you talking about? Wait a minute. I haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. We take that so for granted, don't we, guys? We use those terms so easily. And yet there are people in this world right now, that have no clue about God, how God sent His own Son to this world, how that Son of God gave Himself as a sacrifice for sin went back up into the glories of god and came back to us in the spirit form we call the holy ghost amen the holy spirit people don't understand that they have no clue those 12 disciples of john had no clue what was going on what are you talking about pop quiz you ready get your bible brain swearing really ready 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 how many times in the scriptures do you find a sermon recorded where people say, "With Appling, if you don't get the Holy Ghost, you're going to hell. You're going to burn for eternity." Without the Holy Ghost. Any sermons? Any sermons? No, hold on. Don't don't get me wrong. Do you need the Holy Spirit of God to go to heaven? Yes, you do. That's a letter to the church. I said a sermon. A recorded sermon. Fire and brimstone sermon. If you don't get the Holy Ghost, you're going to hell. When I see the apostles preaching about the Holy Ghost... They are talking about Jesus. They're telling them about the love of God. They're telling them about the one who died, who was buried, and who rose again for our salvation. Amen. They're telling them about who Jesus Christ is. And they're building a hunger and a thirst in their hearts. And my friend, it was a natural thing for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It wasn't about preaching somebody into hell if you don't get the holy ghost it was about wanting god so much that you let him come into your heart through the experience of the infilling of the holy ghost let me tell you friend the baptism of the holy ghost is real today amen i said it's still real today Amen. My brother's church across town yesterday, part of a little conference they were having, two deaf, mute men were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm telling you, friend, the Holy Ghost is real. The experience of the Holy Ghost is real. And yes, as you quoted, Brother Finger, absolutely. If any man has not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Do you want to be part of God's church and home in heaven or not? Anyone? Anyone want to be part of God's contingent? Amen. If you want to go to heaven with God, yes, you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But the approach of the church in the book of Acts was not to preach into hell out of fear. Because if you only seek the Holy Ghost out of fear, the moment you get the Holy Ghost, you no longer have that fear. What motivation do you have left to serve God? Say amen. But if you are hungry and thirsting after righteousness, and I tell you, I've got the answer for your hunger and for your thirst. If you drink of this water that I give you, you will never thirst again. Amen. It doesn't mean that you won't get thirsty. It means that you won't be thirsty. You will feel that thirst and you will reach out to Him and He will fill you with that overwhelming joy and satisfaction of the Holy Ghost hallelujah I know where to go when I'm thirsty I know who to reach out to when I'm hungry he is the bread of life which comes down from heaven hallelujah Peter or Paul rather did not preach them into hell he told them about Jesus he didn't say you guys are a bunch of idiots you don't know about the Holy Ghost? Give me a break. Everybody knows about the Holy Ghost. No. He looked at them and says, oh, okay. You haven't heard if there even is a Holy Ghost? Let's take a step back. How are you baptized, believers? You were this group I shook hands with. No, no. If you were these guys in Ephesus, how, how are you baptized? Oh, John's baptism. Ding, 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 ding. See, I heard you were believers. And I'm a believer too. But now I'm understanding you don't believe quite as much as I do. Not your fault, because you haven't heard. So now it's my job to tell you more about Jesus Christ. And John's baptism... It was great. It was John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. Friend, the lights went on in their hearts. It didn't take a lot of convincing. They felt that anointed preaching that Paul brought to them about Jesus Christ, and they said that they made that connection. I believed in John's message, so I was baptized in John's baptism. Now you're telling me about this Jesus. Wow, I'm going to believe in Jesus now. And I'm going to accept his baptism. And how were they baptized, my friends? Verse 5, come on, read it for me, come on. I want you to see the word of God. You got it there? Who has the word of the Lord? Acts chapter 19, verse 5. Who has it? You have it, read it. Oh, he read it, do you have it? I want you to read it. Oh, hallelujah. But she read it. Brother Alfred, you got it? Read it, please. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. You got it there? Read it, please. Amen. I don't want you to hear it from me. I want you to see it in the word of God. You got it there? Read it for me. Praise God. Brother Ray, you got it there? 19 and 5. Read it for me, sir. Baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What does it say, sir? Praise the Lord. You got it there, Brother Ray? Read it for me, please. They heard this, they were baptized. It's not for me, guys. You're hearing it from the Lord. You got it there? Yes, sir. Read it, please. Hand it to your wife. Sister, you got that there? <laughs> Can't see. Read it, read it one more time for her. Are you you got it there? Can you see it there? Verse five. There we go. Amen. You got that, sir? Ma'am? You got that? Read it for me. Praise the Lord. Amen. You don't got it there, but I'll pass you up there. Amen. Sister Via, you got it there? Amen, Brother Man, you got this? As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Praise God. Sister Marie, you got this? When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hand it over there. Read it for me, man. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh you got it there too, man? I've seen who has their Bibles there. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh praise God, we're, I seem to have a theme here. Do you have that there? And the number of the praise the Lord. Elder, do you have that there? We're hearing this they were baptized again this time in the name of. Oh hallelujah. Did we have a common message here guys? Are we hearing it from the word of the Lord? Amen. When they heard this, and I like that the the way that's translated. When they heard this, they were baptized again. They'd already been baptized in John's baptism. But I'm telling you, friend, unless you're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, you need to be baptized again. Hallelujah. You need to call on the name of the Lord. If you accept the message of John, be baptized in John's baptism. But if you accept the message of Jesus, be baptized in Jesus' baptism. Amen. Oh, I've got to stop for a moment. Praise God. <laughs> Peter made a mistake right on the day of Pentecost. I hear that all the time. You can read it out on the internet. It's out there. Peter made a mistake. What did Peter say on the day of Pentecost, somebody? Say it, say it again. Oh. Louder, louder. Come on. If that wasn't a mistake, and no, it wasn't a mistake, my friend. When they heard this, they believed. They were baptized. Thousands of people were baptized that first day. And as the days went on, thousands more were baptized. And it kindled a fire that began to burn throughout all of the known world of the day, my friend. People were believing and they were being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. This is Jesus' baptism, not John's. And Peter didn't make a mistake. Did Jesus make a mistake? Wait a minute. Didn't he say, go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost? Was that a mistake? I didn't hear a lot of conviction. It's like, did not I tell you not to eat onions? Put onions on my burger. Uh, I need to hear some conviction. Did Jesus make a mistake? No, he didn't make a mistake, my friend. They knew exactly what he was talking about when he talked about the name of the Father. They knew exactly what he meant when he said the name of the Son. Who is the Son, by the way, the Son of God? Do you think Jesus knew his own name? He said, go baptize in the name of the Son of God. You know who that... What is that name again? Oh, that's a, what was that name again? What's the name of the Son of God? Jesus, he said, Go baptize them in the name of the Father. Oh, he had just finished praying in front of them, saying, Father, I have revealed your name unto them. Hallelujah! I know the name of the Father, Jehovah has become my salvation. What's the name of the Holy Ghost? Jesus. Yeah, the Scripture says, His Spirit, which He will send in His name. Hallelujah. Oh, my friend, they made no mistake when they commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hey, guys. I'm not going to rag on you because you are believers. But all you've heard of is John's baptism? Oh, let me tell you. Jesus, let me tell you about Jesus. He didn't jump on the bandwagon If you're going to go to hell if you don't get baptized in Jesus' name. There's a time and a place for that. Yes, He will come someday in avenging fire, to burning fire to take vengeance on them that neither believed Him nor obeyed the gospel. What is the gospel again quickly? The good news about His death, His burial, And His resurrection, how do we die with Jesus Christ? We repent. How are we buried with Christ? In baptism. How do we rise from the dead? Through the resurrection power of the Holy Ghost. Yes, my friend, you do need to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ if you want to avoid the judgment of God. But it concerns me sometimes when we get a lot of amens about, if you don't do this, you're going to hell. And not so much when I just tell you, God loves you so much. He's bought your sin for a price. He took it away. He wants you to accept his gift. How do you, men and brethren, what shall we do? I'm glad you asked. Repent. Be baptized in Jesus' name. We fill the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It doesn't need to be hellfire and brimstone. It needs to be God loves you so much. He wants you to accept his gift to you. There are a few conditions. But my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Come unto me, all who labor and are heavy burdened. I will give you rest. So, when they heard this, as soon as they heard this, don't go and say, I'll think about it another day, preacher. Amen. I'll call for you at a more convenient time, preacher. Don't do that. And if I step on your theology, I'm sorry. Oh, we got to go home, make sure that they're truly repentant. we got to make sure that they clean out their house and change their wardrobe. And Hello? We need to take care of the sin problem. If you're diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, and there's any chance of treating it, how, long, how far are they going to schedule surgery, Brother Tyrone? Oh, no. We got time. Let's go talk about this. And we'll study a little bit about it. I'll give you a study about it, okay? And then we'll ask you some questions about three or four weeks out. We'll see if you're really ready for surgery. Excuse me? How quickly are they going to schedule surgery? I've seen it scheduled the next day. Am I right? Amen. Friend, if you know that you need to be baptized in Jesus' name, why wait till another day? You need to be baptized now. Hallelujah. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And did the story stop there? No. And Paul laid His hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. Receiving the Holy Ghost should not be a boot camp experience. It should be as natural as breathing in and breathing out. Jesus, when He prepared to leave them, he called his disciples together, and what did he do? He breathed on them. oh We gotta wear masks because we have COVID going around. I hope the Lord was wearing a mask. No, he breathed on them, and he said, "Receive ye." The Holy Ghost. Did they receive the Holy Ghost at that moment? No. Because the Holy Ghost hadn't come yet. It was going to happen in just a few days on the day of Pentecost, right? When they're gathered together in the upper room. We know that story, glorious story, where they were gathered and suddenly there came a sound from heaven like what? As a rushing mighty wind that filled the house where they were sitting cloven tongues like as the fire appeared on them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake in tongues. They glorified God. But it was back a few weeks earlier. Jesus breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Ghost. It's the breath of God, my friend. It's breath. When a baby's born, what does everyone listen for? crying is the evidence of something they're listening for they're listening for breath because there's heartbeat in the womb but they're not breathing they're in a sack of fluid the miracle of life and creation when that baby comes out of his mother's womb that heart's still beating but it can't survive without what? Without breath, he breathed into them the breath of life. They created Adam. God breathed into Adam the breath of life. The Holy Ghost is God's breath, my friend. It is the breath of life, and Jesus gave them a preview. Receive the Holy Ghost. And that sound like a mighty rushing wind. Yeah, that was the breath of God as He breathed into them the power of the Holy Ghost. You should not struggle to receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. It should be as natural as breathing in and breathing out as you breathe in the breath of His life. And you breathe out speaking in other tongues. As the spirit of God gives you. Praise God. That's the way God did it in the book of Acts. That's the way God did things. I know I've gone long. Not as long as right here in this. um, What is this in the verse. Chapter was a chapter 20. Where he preaches till midnight. And that poor young man. Eutychus. Got so sleepy. What did he do? Well, say, thank God we're not on the third floor, because some would be dead. <clears throat> Amen. <laughs> There's a reason churches are good on ground floor. Amen. He fell out of the window and died. Paul casually says, excuse me, guys, hold on. People are all running Others, Ah, he's dead. Paul, with his faith in God, scoops that young man up in his arms and says, he's okay. He's alive. Carried him upstairs, sitting him back down, and kept preaching until dawn. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Paul did things the way God told him to do things. Now, quickly. Um, Paul went to the synagogue, preached boldly for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God, says verse 8. And when people didn't listen to him, what did he do? Get in their face. Shout them down. He said, Okay, if you're not going to listen, I'll find somebody else to listen. And he took the believers, left the synagogue, and he went to the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for the next two years, so that people throughout the province of Asia, both Jews and Greece, heard the word of the Lord. You know what, my friend? He didn't have a TV ministry or a private plane to fly around in. It wasn't a big name conference with a big name preacher. It was a man and some believers who went to a lecture hall and for two years sat around and talked about Jesus. And there was such power and such anointing in what they were talking about that it drew people. They didn't have the internet, they didn't have Pinterest, they didn't have Snapchat, they didn't have any of that stuff. But people came drawn by the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, my friend, I believe that in this day and age, 2022, we can still have the Holy Ghost draw people into church without being on Facebook somewhere. we need to pray. We need to witness. We need to talk about Jesus. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? Quickly, quickly, quickly. Verse 11. Who is verse 11? Quickly, I'm done. Almost done. Read me verse 11 quickly. Read it, read it. And God me Read 12 too. Pretty cool. How many have ever seen a prayer cloth? Come on, wave your hand. Seen a prayer cloth? You know what a prayer cloth is? (laughs) Do you remember brothers coming in some years back at General Conference, I believe? They handed out thousands of prayer cloths. Am I right? ever seen prayer cloth, soldier? What is a prayer cloth? Quickly. People take a little square cloth and anoint it with oil and pray over it and send it out and say, go do some miracles. Sounds pretty weird, right? Okay, hang tight. That's exactly what... Well, no, it's not exactly what... It's similar to what happened in the book of Acts. Here in verse 11, God gave... Wait, who did He give the power? Wait, He gave General Conference the power to... Wait, wait. He gave everybody the power to use prayer cloths, right? Who, to whom did God give this power? To Paul! God gave Paul, the power to perform unusual miracles. What does the word unusual mean? Not common. Are hamburgers unusual? Why are hamburgers not unusual? they're They're everywhere. They're everywhere. How about tacos? Our tacos are unusual, right? If you ate the tacos I ate in Fort Wayne, those are unusual. <laughs> yeah, my boss took us to a taco restaurant downtown. This doesn't look like a taco restaurant to me. I ordered tacos off a of taco menu. They had kimchi. They had slaw, cabbage slaw. They had cheese sticks they had wait a minute anything but but a real taco (laughs) so that would qualify as an unusual taco (laughs) are tacos unusual why are tacos not unusual because everybody serves tacos Friend, this was not something that happened a lot I never see Peter handing out prayer cloths. Do you? How about James? Did James ever hand out prayer cloths? No. Um, How about Timothy? Timothy did, right? No. Um, Who else handed out prayer cloths? Nobody handed out prayer cloths. Why is pastor on a rant? Because I'm, I don't say fed up. But I am so burdened about the fact that the church of today is more interested in sensationalism many times than in the message of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Prayer clause were unusual miracles. They didn't happen everywhere. In fact, this is the only time we ever see this happening because God gave, who did he give to again? God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. These miracles happened when handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people. Wait a minute. How do they do those prayer cloths at General Conference and other places? They anoint them and they pray over them and somehow imbue power in those cloths and say, Go out and lay that cloth on the head of a sick person. (gasps) Believe God for healing. I don't see anointing and I don't see praying over pieces of cloth. I see people stealing Paul's tie. I see him laying down his coat and somebody walks off with his coat. Yeah. I see handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin. How long does it have to be on Paul's skin to absorb all of that power? Can I have you? There we go. Oh, count count down. I need a timer. If we leave this here about half an hour, oh, there's going to be anointing in this tie when I get done. I'm being ridiculous, I know. But friend, we do ridiculous things sometimes and we call it the work of God. What happened to Jesus Christ and Him crucified? What happened to... Repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and you'll receive the power of the Holy Ghost. What happened to the power of the church? It's more exciting if I can get a handkerchief or an apron or any piece of cloth that has merely touched his skin. Se your hand out real quick one okay. time. That's it. Barely touched your skin, didn't it? That was all it took. For those cloths to be used by God for healing. And they were placed on sick people. They were healed of their diseases. Oh, and evil spirits were expelled. Funny, I've never seen a prayer cloth. Maybe they do, but I haven't seen it. Where they say, uh, find a demon-possessed person and put that cloth on them. and Amen. Now, quickly, I really am about done, but it didn't say these were unique miracles. Unique would mean that's the only way it happened. It said they were unusual miracles. What happened that one time, one time, recorded when Peter was walking down the streets? Here's the sun over here. What happens when the sun is behind an object? It casts a... Shadow when Peter's shadow fell on people, what happened to them? They were healed. They were healed. Did you ever see Paul's shadow healing somebody? How about James, Barnabas, um, Eutychus? Um, any of these? No, unusual miracles but we crave the unusual because then we get people's attention. That's pretty cool. Come to Christian Apostolic. We, our shadows will heal you. And if we lay a tie on you, we'll cast out devils. Well, whatever happened. Just an example. God bless you. Amen. <laughs> what does the scripture say? If you're sick, come on. If you're sick, what are you supposed to do? Do what Sister Beverly did this morning. She said, "I need somebody to pray for me." Amen. Amen. And if any is sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. And what will they do? They will what? What will they do? They will anoint you with oil. Amen. And what will they do? They will pray for you. And what's going to heal you? The prayer of faith will heal the sick. And what's the Lord going to do? The Lord's going to lift you up. Hallelujah. Friend, it's more than just a little bit of healing. God wants to lift you up above your circumstance. Hallelujah. He doesn't want to just feed you. He wants to take you out of your hunger. Hallelujah. My God is powerful in what He wants to do. Yeah. We don't need a prayer cloth this morning if anyone's sick. We've got elders of the church right here. Amen. All you've got to do is call for the elders of the church. And it doesn't have to be the elders of a particular church. It doesn't even say call for the elder by a certain name. Oh, I like that elder. I want him to pray for me. No, no. It's not about the person or the personality. It's about the role in the kingdom of God. The scripture says call for the elders of the church and they will anoint you with oil. Anointing oil with frankincense, myrrh, and spikenard. Did they use oil with frankincense, myrrh, and spikenard? Does it matter what kind of oil it is? I've told you before, it sounds a little irreverent. All you got is 10W40. Bring it on. Amen. It doesn't say it's got to be extra pur- pure of, uh, olive oil. It says it needs to be oil. Amen. And you call for the elders. They will anoint you with oil. And they will pray over you. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Amen. Amen. And the Lord will raise you. up. Stand if you will. Amen. We get so wound up with a sensational, the latest fad. Oh, we got to do it like the big church does it. No, we don't. We got to do it like the Bible says to do it. Amen. Everything else is fluff. Everything else is distraction. Everything else takes away the focus from Christ. And somehow puts it on us. And then we have the cult of Peter. And the cult of Paul. And the cult of Apollos. And the cult of Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm more spiritual than you. Because I got the right preacher preaching to me. No, you don't. Preachers are important. I'll tell you what. None of us in this room have any bearing on your salvation. Only Jesus Christ can save your soul. Amen. I wish that we could listen to messages and never know the name of the preacher. Did you hear me? I wish that we'd never hear the name Larry Booker. Amen. Because what do we think of, oh, that's a good preacher, I'm going to go listen to him. No, he's not a good preacher. He's an anointed man that preaches the word of God. But if you associate the good service with a Larry Booker preaching, you just lost your blessing. It's not about a Larry Booker. It's about Jesus Christ. And Paul chewed him out. He said, you call yourself my disciple? Absolutely not. You say you're Peter's disciple? No! We're all one body, and we all look to the one source of life, which is Jesus Christ. Friend, that's when the church has power. That's when the church reaches the world. That's when the church changes lives, uh, when we are not heroes in the world's eyes. Jesus Christ is the hero. We preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We do it like the Bible says to do it. If He says repent, we still say you got to repent. Not a popular message, Brother Ray, but I'm telling you what. This world needs to repent and turn from its evil ways. Not just this world. We do. The Bible says be baptized. Do it the way the Bible says to be baptized, please. Be baptized in Jesus' baptism, which is in His name says you need to have the Holy Ghost to be of God? Yes, you need to have. That Spirit of Christ, which raised Christ from the dead, is going to raise our mortal bodies on that final day. Does anyone want to resurrect? Come on, be honest with me. Do you want to have resurrection power? What a miserable world that believes when you die, it's over no my friend there is life after this life the only question is with whom will you spend it with Jesus Christ or with the father of lies I am not ashamed to say I want resurrection power amen I don't want to die and go into a ground and become worm food and that's over Job said I know that even though the skin worms eat this body guess what in this flesh I will stand before my redeemer hallelujah oh I know my redeemer lives hallelujah I'm going to stand before him someday because I have resurrection power inside of me that's what the Holy Ghost is, friend. You want to resurrect on the final day? Let God come into your heart. It's not that hard. In fact, it's not hard at all. Get your mind out of, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost and let God give you the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Oh, I really am finishing. But just think about it one moment with me. Brother Richard, were try to take this from me. Do you think it would go quietly? Try it. <laughs> no, 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 no. And if you manage to grab it, it's like, oh, no, don't take it. No, no. Now, what are you saying? Give it to me. Say, say, say. Come on, it. Say it. Give. give it to me. No, no, no. <clears throat> That's how some people pray for the Holy Ghost. Come on. Give me, give me. Come on. Say it, man. Come on. No, I don't hear anything, so demand it. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. How many times have we had altar services where people are praying exactly like that? One more time? Give it to me. Okay. Why the struggle when it's literally, and this is not a true example. Would you like this? We're gonna lay hands on him. Amen. (laughs) It really is that simple, people. It really is that simple. He said it's a gift. You want it? Okay. No, none of this. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. Oh, God, give me the Holy Ghost. Oh, God. No. He said it's a gift of God. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I yearn for that ease. I yearn for that natural flow of the Holy Ghost where people believe and want it enough to say, give me that gift, Lord, please. I accept the gift, and they receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I want to do it the way the church did it. I want to do it the way God wants it to be done. Amen. Is any among you afflicted? Pray. Thank you. Amen. Is anyone happy? What are you supposed to do? Sing a song. Hallelujah. Is any sick among you? What are you going to do? Call for the elders of the church. That's the way the Bible said do it. And before we're done here, if you're afflicted, I just need to ask you to pray. Amen. I don't need to pull you up to the altar even and say, oh, you're going to pray. No. Are you afflicted? Just do what God said. Talk to God about it. And if you're feeling good, don't walk out of this house till you sing a song. Amen. Scripture said if you're happy, sing a song. Amen. And if you're sick, we've already prayed, but you know what? It didn't say you can only pray one time per service. Quota's is done. We'll pray for you if you're sick. Amen. doesn't matter how many times we have to pray. We'll pray. Amen. If you're sick today, you want to touch from God today? We've got elders right here. We'll pray for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen.